0: Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our flagship podcast here at Campus Decanton. As always, this is Austin, and this is Colin. Missed you on Thursday. Uh, how was your your weekend away? Uh, beautiful St. Louis. I hear it's wonderful mm-hmm. this time of year.
1: It, it is actually. It was. It was very nice there. It was a little humid. Um, it was pretty much like eighty five like all weekend. Sweat a little through bit of the of old humidity. shirt as you know, way around the city, huh? Yeah. Well, the city, the city of St. Louis, like at least from what I saw of it is really set up more in like pockets than it is like a strict like downtown area. Um, so it's not super walkable. So I didn't really have to worry too much about that. Have you ever been to Pittsburgh? I mean, Pittsburgh is the same way. It's like a bunch of
0: neighborhoods stitched together yeah. and then there's a downtown.
1: Yeah. So Have I ever simple. been to Pittsburgh?
0: Well, you're talking like this phenomenon. You've never heard of it before and you live. Two and a half hours away from a major city—that's exactly like that. So, this was—it was interesting yeah, by your Pittsburgh response. Has,
1: you Pittsburgh it. has like three rivers, like can, driving through it. They have to have bridges everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I figured, that was more the exception than the rule. I lived, I was in Philly for a while, and Philly is a lot more concentrated than Dirty that town. So, but no, St. Louis was lovely. Uh, not having an open container law, fantastic. Uh, you just walk around open be, beer, not worry
0: about it. Is there, are you going to petition our state legislator, elector, to, to pass some sort of new law on that? Or will there be any sort of weird
1: publicity stunt to draw attention to the cause? Um, I can neither confirm or de- nor deny that at this point in okay. time. Uh, but I can say that from my understanding, it's only the city of St. Louis that has an o- open container that does not have the open container law. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's a city ordinance. But I feel yes. like it's like a
0: unofficial rule, unofficial law of of uh, Missouri. Um, all right, Colin. Well, I guess I guess we can get into this here. Um, two little pieces of housekeeping here for you. Um, we announced today our Debbie guide we, we've we talked about it a little bit on the show I mean it's not like a surprise that that this is coming out to anybody that is a regular listener uh, but we officially announced pre-orders today those are up on the website campuscantcom if you want to go ahead uh, and you can purchase right on there uh, we also tweeted out a link if you just want to find that quick uh, direct link on there it's from the at campus to Canton uh, Twitter feed um, twenty dollars gets you the whole guide 260 something profiles Um, all sorts of different advanced stats, uh full player breakdown on every single but uh guy in in, in there. Uh everybody's tiered out. Um so I mean I'm I'm pretty darn proud of it. I know we've had Matt slaving away, so he's happy. I think he's taking like a three month vacation after this thing's over. He he's needs just, to. Yes, yeah, so tired of, of of doing all this. We're just gonna lock him out of everything. And uh, you know, yes. When when his when his vacation's over, we'll let him back in. Um <clears throat> second housekeeping thing here tonight, Colin. I literally got, like, eight DMs this week, like, no joke, about this exact same thing. People miss cooking with Colin. Do we they? haven't done it in a few weeks. Actually, it's probably been months at this point. Yes. Um, it's been but a people while. People want to know, Is Mon- so first off, is Monday night still your cooking night? Did you cook mm-hmm. this evening?
1: I did. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. okay.
0: <laughs> what did you make tonight? <laughs> um, we need, like, some like, so... sort of like, Julia Childs, like, the music in the background.
1: <laughs> so... Of course, you picked tonight to oh, ask gosh. this question again. Call and went through the drive. We through. were we were on vacation. Uh, we went. My fiance and I both went to St. Louis. We left on Thursday Together night. we separate. Just mm-hmm. happened to bump into each other. Separate. Mm-hmm. Your phrasing tonight's awesome. We're gonna have such a good time on this show. <laughs> we went. We left. Flight left Thursday night, uh, and we didn't get back until uh, Sunday. It was like kind of late, so we didn't really grocery shop. Um, so all I made was, um, penne pasta with red sauce and garlic okay. bread, frozen okay. garlic bread, no protein, no veggie, no veggie. Um, well, you don't have stuff anyway. So no, no, I don't No veggie. And I put, we didn't have any ground beef or anything like that. Uh, the only meat we had were like the Hormel pepperonis. So I threw some Hormel pepperonis in there. <laughs>
0: You said that this was a bad night to ask. This
1: is literally the
0: <laughs> best night to ask. because this, this shows your real MacGyver ability as a chef. That you, that you didn't have any ground beef. You didn't have meatballs. So what'd you do? You just tossed in some pepperoni and called it a day. It's all
1: Italian. It's like basically mm-hmm. pizza. It's just deconstructed yeah. pizza. Yeah, more or less. I sprinkled some mozzarella cheese in there, hit it with a little Italian seasoning. So we we'll start doing let's ask the people let's do this on a scale of, of 1 1 chef to 5
0: chef emojis on Twitter. <laughs> we'll we'll drop a thing here actually I'm going to do it as as you're talking cuz I don't listen to you anyway here in, no, in a right. few minutes. Um and we'll just ask everyone to respond and let everyone know 5 being the best dish that Colin could possibly prepare and 1 being <laughs> the worst. And we want to hear from you guys exactly how you feel about about Colin's dish tonight and again it was penne pasta Mm-hmm. with bread sauce mm-hmm. garlic bread mm-hmm. and pepperoni there mixed in with the pasta
1: the garlic bread was uh like the five cheese texas toast so okay if okay. that matters okay well i, I assumed you didn't like make the bread from scratch or anything no but i'm gonna just, i want to make sure people know it's not just like the big loaf of garlic bread like that's fine but like the texas toast five cheese like that's just way better okay all right
0: so there we have it folks um this this was good. This was good. We we do have to do this more often cuz that that just made <laughs> it like
1: you we picked this week like we didn't grocery shop this weekend, so It was just
0: throwing something if, together. If you had grocery shopped, how much different would that meal have been? Really? Um I mean it, it, it's fairly different, you know. You made mac and cheese and chicken tendies the last time we did this, so it probably wouldn't have been that much different, Colin. Like
1: I can I can get outside of that a little bit. Okay. Um, you know I do tacos. I did enchiladas last week. Well, not so. Those. So it's either like junk
0: food or Mexican. Um, you're on notice. <laughs> We're going to do this again next week, Colin. So prepare wisely. Okay. For that. Okay. I'll give you a warning this time. All right. I appreciate um, that. This podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. I can guarantee you, you will not get any cooking tips like this from any of the other shows. But what you will get is a ton of really good fantasy information. Not just football anymore. They have golf, um, uh, a couple other different shows as well. So go ahead, check all of those out on one place at Fantasy Points Live. Or they have a weekly Friday drop where you can check out a recap uh, of all of the news and, and shows that are live that week on the Fantasy Points Media Group. Um, basically just one piece of news tonight, Colin, another one that we're just going to acknowledge happened and moved on with it. Um, but the big one is Jalen Robinson to Ole Miss. We mentioned a couple weeks ago that he had entered the portal, former USF, former, former Oklahoma wide receiver, uh, had some success there with, with Dylan Gabriel, Josh Heupel at UCF. So we thought, well, maybe some options could be Oklahoma to reunite with Dylan Gabriel. We thought maybe Tennessee to, to reunite with Josh Heupel. we thought, Maybe he stays in Florida. A lot of those schools there, at Florida, um, Miami, and Florida State really kind of need a field stretcher. And he said, nah, I'm going to Ole Miss.
1: Um, good spot for him, Colin? Jackson Dart? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think this is a good spot for him. Um, they brought in uh, former Louisville transfer Jordan Watkins, who's a guy that I was definitely intrigued by. Uh, but I see them probably playing a similar role. So I would assume this kind of spells the end for Jordan Watkins, or at least dramatically limits what he'll end up doing. But Jalen Robinson immediately stepping on the field there is, you know, I mean, they have Jonathan Mingo, but outside of that, they did not have any other established options. So right off the bat, one of the most established options in that room there, um, he's going to stretch the field is going to bring them um, something that they didn't have at least any sort of proven capacity. You know, like I said, I liked Jordan Watkins. I liked what I thought he could do, but sounds like that's not going to, sounds like it's going to be more Jalen Robinson just based on his talent level, the fact that they're bringing him in at this point in time. But yeah, I mean, I think that he can put up some really nice numbers in that offense this year.
0: It feels like he fits in pretty well. I mean, Trigg sounds like he's probably just going to be a vacuum, you know, short, intermediate, middle areas of the field. And Robinson is definitely a proven boundary guy um sec is going to kind of be a big step up for him though i am interested to see can he deal with physicality he's a smaller guy um is his speed still as i don't want to call him game breaking that's probably giving him a little too much credit but i mean he's a speedy guy i mean is it Mm -hmm. still as much of a factor as it was at a smaller school like ucf i mean this is a big step for him but if he has a good year i mean i think we've again we've seen small receivers get drafted recently i feel like we've talked about that a ton on this show recently Um, so I, I think a big year there can get him like no worse
1: than Calvin Austin
0: type draft capital this year, fourth round. I mean, that, that would feel like maybe the floor if he crushes it there.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a huge boost to his stock. I mean, he's kind of a guy that's been falling a little bit for me, not necessarily for lack of talent. Like I always thought he was a, a talented wide receiver, but you know, he was at UCF and then Dylan Gabriel gets hurt. And his numbers kind of suffer. So, you know, where was the CFF production coming from? Dylan Gabriel leaves. He was still at UCF. You know, that's um, that that, um, Gus Malzahn offense is not particularly kind to wide receivers. Uh, So, again, kind of a knock on the production. He's a small guy. He would have been from UCF. At that point, you know, Calvin Austin would have been his ceiling had he stayed at UCF. Going to the SEC, going to Ole Miss. If he puts up a big year this year, yeah, I could, uh, I could see some late day two draft capital, early day three.
0: Yeah, that kind of feels like the ceiling. Um, early day two feels kind of impossible unless he just d- d- dominates. Um, but I mean, we've seen the NFL do dumber stuff, so yeah, who knows? I mean, they, they, they like they the SEC. Well. They like the SEC. I mean, we've mm-hmm. we've seen it that in the Big Ten. If you're if you're coming from one of those schools, you've got a chance. To a lot earlier than, than maybe you have any business going, but uh, I mean it, it, it's tougher conferences too, so so maybe it all evens out. Um, last piece of news here: uh, Tyson Fomachon, former Clemson backup, uh, came in for re- uh, in relief of, of DJU a couple times this past season. Transferred to Georgia Tech. Um, we're not going to talk about this. If you have any questions, you can direct them uh, to our colleague Felix Sharp at Sharp Review on Twitter. That's Sharp with an E on the end. Because um, he seems very passionate about Tyson Fomachon. Um, he's the only person on the planet passionate about Tyson Fomachon. Um, he's one of the few so, people who can pronounce the name. That's the only reason I know how to pronounce it. You couldn't pay me to have Tyson Fomachon on my roster. Like, I don't know. What, what uh, maybe $1,000, I'll think about it. I mean,
1: <laughs> he's not good at football. If, if you cover my buy in, I would probably put him at the end of my roster. All right. Gonna so call him for free. Colin's a gamer man he, he's a lot more fun
0: than me um I think we all, all <laughs> already knew that um, so that about covers that um so the ball color show here tonight is going to be a little game we're going to call fair or foul and uh we did not forget about last week's game uh would uh, you know that that dot 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 uh we will be back to that um in the next couple of weeks but it's a long off season so we're playing some fair and foul tonight and the premise of this game Colin is simple you ready Go okay. Um, all I'm going to do is I well I went through all the ADP on our site. I didn't do CFF because I'm just not a CFF expert. And I'm just really not qualified to necessarily parse some of those. Disc- like I something I think is like egregious. A uh, Jared or Nate or Brandon or somebody at the site will probably tell me that no, you're just dumb. So, but I went into our C2C and our Devi, uh, pulled out five different um, you know kind of interesting. Uh, discrepancies, let's call them, in, in the data. We're going to talk about whether the ranking is fair, whether there's some some uh, truth or, or something to to this ranking, or it's foul and, and it's bad, and we and we need to to educate the masses uh, and, and fix whatever's going on. So, um, and I'm just going to toss them all at you one by one. Colin, how's that sound? Sounds good. Fire cool. away. All right. First one here, guys, is C 2 C um so this this is from our c2c startup adp and just to give an idea how how all these drafts go if you guys have never uh, participated in one they are all um the, the assumption is that you're starting two two quarterbacks on the college side it's tight end premium um at ppr half ppr and that's it i think that that's that's what we roll with um so the, that's yeah. kind of the the structure that all these are working in so first one here colin so uh Pitts, Kanata Mumfield, wide receiver, his current ADP is 89th overall in our data. Also, according to our data, Rome Adunze is 90th overall, so one spot behind him, the Washington receiver, and Adam Randall is 96th overall. Regarding Randall's position at 96th there behind Mumfield and Adunze, is that fair
1: or is that foul? Well, comparatively to the guys you listed, definitely foul. ADP, Adam Randall, 96th overall. It's probably a little bit later than I would take him. Um, But, you know, the knee injury might scare some people off a little bit, maybe. So I I understand that a little bit. But when you look at him compared to Kanata Mumfield uh, and Roma Dunze, I think that, that ADP is pretty foul. I think Adam Randall offers a higher ceiling than either of them, um, especially when it comes to an NFL level. I think he probably, well, obviously this year, since he's not playing is going to be behind them both in CFF production, but even assuming health, I think he would be a little bit behind them in CFF production. But when I'm that early in the draft, I'm not really looking for CFF production. I want guys who are going to translate to my NFL roster. Um, And I'm not saying Mumfield and Adunze can't, I definitely think they can. Um, I need to see it from Mumfield first at the ACC level. Now, granted, those defenses aren't particularly imposing, um, but I need to see a little bit more from him at, at a P5 level. And Adunze, kind of the same thing. You know, I have high hopes for this Washington offense. Uh, I've mentioned it multiple times before. I prefer yeah. McMillan. I don't yeah, I think so. Okay. Maybe it wasn't on this show. Maybe it was on a mm-hmm. different one. Okay, that sounds right. Um, but I have McMillan ahead of Adunze, so 90th overall is a little high for Adunze, but it's not bad. Uh, but Adam Randall's is foul. Um, so uh, that
0: Randall, you know, in a 12-team league, the 96th overall pick is like the last pick in the eighth round, and that's about where I start making the shift to CFF producers. Um, Mumfield and Adunze wouldn't be even be in like in in my radar at all at these picks. Um, To be quite honest, Um, I wouldn't be considering them for at least another four or five rounds. Meanwhile, for I think, you know, for instance, the program I I consider kind of a sharper league. Um, They're they're drafting the new division of that right now. Um, And Randall went way before that. Like and I I, I don't see any reason for him to be going 96 overall, even with the knee injury. They I mean, they they swear he's going to be back. Like, I think that's dumb. I don't know why you would rush him back, but they swear that he's going to be back for this year. So, like, all he has to do, this this is this is literally the premise behind the year one zero thing. All he has to do is catch a 50 yard bomb. And the hype is back if he comes back this year. And you can't tell me if he catches that one bomb, unless a Dunze or a Mumfield go for like 85, eighty five, thirteen hundred and ten that Randall's value will not be higher day one of next offseason than either of theirs will be. You cannot tell me that.
1: I completely agree. I do think it would be bold of Adam Randall to come back so quickly. Uh, I, we had this convers a similar conversation in our discord the other day. I'm more on the cautious side of it. Uh, you know, I tend to look at a year, uh, the average, Return to sport is like nine months, a little over. Uh Amari Rogers did come back in six months, though, which was pointed out to me at one point. Now it wasn't super effective after he came back, but uh it seems like Clemson's staff doesn't really have a problem clearing people on the earlier side of the timeline. So the quote could-
0: unquote Tyson Fomachon Achilles injury or whatever last year that he was like magically back from in five months. Does anybody remember this? Like no one talks yeah. about this anymore, but
1: yeah, they kick these guys back quick. Or they're just full of yeah. shit about the injury themselves. It's probably a little bit of both. Maybe six of one, half dozen of the other. Um, but they're and their medical staff cleared Justin Ross, which apparently some NFL teams were very hesitant to do. So it seems like their medical staff is a little bit more on the um, they're they're not quite as risk-averse as some other medical staffs might be so maybe he does get back this year and then he doesn't put up that year one zero catches that 50 yard bomb like you're talking about but either way uh i think mumfield and adunze are candidates to fall in drafts at least compared to where their adp is currently i'm not saying i don't like them i think they're being drafted pretty close to their ceiling where randall is
0: not yeah i mean how good of a season does does a canada mumfield have to have to to um live up to that kind of 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 draft hype i mean that's like really really high um i mean he has to be a a big time producer and probably put him on the day two map to make that that pick worthwhile and that like i know some of you guys are really high on mumfield at the website we're finishing up the debbie guide right now and mumfield probably is higher than i would personally rank him in there um but like I don't know. Like I just don't feel like he even belongs in the same sentence of a prospect as Randall, even though we've seen him. And even though like I'm not even the high guy on Randall here, and that's how you know that I think this this is probably not a a, a great uh ranking here between these three.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm not the high guy on on Randall either, but 96 is is too low.
0: All right. I have one other C2C one for you. And then we actually have three Debbie ones as well. Um, so, Colin, Fairfowl here. We have LJ Johnson, the second-year Texas A&M running back. He's going 25th overall right now in, in C2C drafts. He feels very high. Um, he goes 25th over Jermaine Burton, who's 27th, and Emeka Buka, who's 34th. With those kind of with, those are the types of players that are going in that range. So with that in mind, is, is he going too high that 25th overall
1: or is that fair or foul? That's foul. Um, that's That's way too high. Look, I am cautiously optimistic on LJ Johnson. You know, the, there have been a couple reports at a camp. Um, Jimbo Fisher said he's he is really good. They just need to get him healthy. You know, it's sounding like he's probably going to be like the Thunder to Achin's Lightning, um, although I don't think that's going to be your traditional Thunder-Lightning split. I think Achin will get more than your traditional Lightning back will. But either way, I think 25th overall, so that's the 301. That's really high. Jermaine Burton, first of all, 27 is insane. Um, I feel very confident that he's going to be around one wide receiver this year.
0: I think is crazier. And I was gonna save this until mine because I wasn't necessarily prepared for you to go. Like, I, I think Ibuka, so a couple months ago, Harrison was going in that range as well. And I said, like, as of today, Harrison is the best value. And now he's going like 15th. He's no longer a value. But Ibuka mm-hmm. is basically slid into his spot and he is a value. Even if he's kind of like this fourth floating receiver at Ohio State this year, like he's still gonna play. I don't know, 300 snaps, like he's still going to play a lot. And I think he's that, you know, a 50 catch, 850 yard, eight touchdown season, like is well within reach for him.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it I think his worst case scenario is a, that floating floating fourth receiver. I think there's a good chance that he even just gets a number three job. Now, who do you play in the slot versus him or JSN? I think they can move both of them around and move them, use both of them inside or outside. But yeah, I think that's a worst case scenario for egg Buka. I am a big fan of egg Buka. I think that's pretty egregious as well. I'm just saying I would take Jermaine Burton, you know, right around 15, you know, where you're talking about Harrison going. So I am considerably higher on, on Burton than that. So I think he's low. And I think Ibuka is low, but that doesn't mean Johnson's 25th overall is good. That's still way too high. You're not really going to get that much CFF production from him. Not that you're really looking for that much at that point, but it would be icing on top of the cake. But there's just a lot of... A lot of bodies in that backfield, uh, a lot of four star guys, a lot of talent there. And with the way Texas A&M has been recruiting lately, it wouldn't really surprise me if they bring in somebody else and potentially recruit over him, which is a concern that I have for uh, Le'Veon Moss as well. I think LJ Johnson has a better chance of staving off com- some competition than Moss does, but it's still that's still too high. I think the what that signals to me is people are reaching on running backs. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm finding that a lot this year. I'm not sure
0: why, because I feel like that that top bracket of running backs is actually a little deeper than it was last year. Um mm-hmm. so I mean I, I'm looking at my rankings right now and like I mean, obviously my rankings are not perfect. I like them, but like obviously six months from now, like things will look very different for us. I will probably have moved many things around. I have LJ Johnson is my RB 18 overall, and he is literally the first back in the tier of back that I don't want to take at current value. My top, I mean, I have to name the top 17. Kendall Milton is the back right before him for Georgia. And he is the last one that I feel comfortable like taking in like the first three or four rounds. And after that, it's like, I will just wait till round 12 and take Jordan Mims or something to get a college producer. Um, Jordan Mims, fifth year player, uh, um, uh, Fresno state for anybody, uh, not familiar. Um, like I'll I'll just wait a little bit. And so, and, and I mean, I don't think any of the guys I have ahead of him are egregious. And listen, I I like LJ Johnson too, but I mean, Kendall Milton, Raheem Sanders, Jace McClellan, Devin, Neal, tank, Biggs beach, or citizen. Like those are the four or five guys ahead of him. And it only gets tougher from there. I I wouldn't take him ahead any of those guys. So 25th overall at any position, uh, is pretty crazy. And just to look at where I have those wide receivers, I have Jermaine Burton as my wide receiver, seven, and like as is number nine. So, I mean, that those guys are, are are firmly in a different tier than LJ Johnson is for me. I think that's pretty high. And again, like LJ Johnson, I think you summed it up perfectly. He could have a really nice year, but Odd Chain's not just a third down back there. Like, a- at best for LJ Johnson, that's going to be like a 40-40-20 split. He's going to be one of the 40 percenters. Like, that's just how it is there. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's pivot that. Let's put over pivot over to Debbie here, Colin. Uh, I've got three for you. And I think one of them is one well, I, I try to pick out ones of guys we don't really talk about too often. Um, so so I think this is a really interesting one. So in Debbie drafts, uh, as of now, April uh, at Kepstanton. Brock Bowers is going the pick before Nick Singleton and two picks before Quentin Johnston. Tight premium, but
1: Fair foul that he's going ahead of either of those two players? That's foul. Um, I think Brock Bowers is the TE1 in C2C and the CTE1 in Debbie. But I have such a hard time investing any sort of significant capital in the tight end position in a Debbie draft that unless it's – if it was Kyle Pitts and he'd come back for his senior year, sure, sure. You can take him in your Debbie draft. Anything short of that, like I'm probably not taking a tight end in Devi. Like they just do not have good hit rates and there's very, very scheme dependent, just, you know, like it depends on how they're going to want to use him. And I, I just, there's way too many variables there that we just don't know. He's also undersized at this point. I think he can get there to where he needs to be, but yeah, that is a projection where, Like Singleton, I feel good about Singleton and I'm lower on Singleton than a lot of other people in the community are like Singleton. There's a lot of people with Singleton RB1. You know, some people have him in tier one of their running backs. I'm not quite there yet with him. I do think that they're going to split some carries with Singleton and Allen. I think Singleton has some uh, technical sides of his game that he needs to work on. So, you know, so he is a little bit more of a projection and some people are pretty freshman averse in freshman drafts. So are in Devi draft. So I sort of understand that one. But Quentin Johnston, I mean, yeah, he didn't put up like great counting stats, but his market share stats are very good. His efficiency stats are very good. Uh, He's going to be in a more open, advanced offense this year. He's got the size and skill set that you look for in a wide receiver one at the NFL level. I think he should definitely be going ahead of Bowers. I think Singleton should absolutely as well. I just, I'm willing to understand that one a little bit more, but either way, Brock Bowers is way too high. He goes,
0: uh, so 14th overall is is where Brock Bowers is going in the second year tight end of Georgia. He's going uh, seven spots higher than Michael Mayer. Which I find really interesting. I do think still so like I really, I like mayor. I like Bowers. I talk with Chris Moxley about this all the time. Cause he is like the big, I'm going to take a tight end early. Cause I think there's some positional value there. I think both of these guys have a glaring issue with their profile. Like mm-hmm. I do not think Michael Mayer is a plus athlete. I think his best case scenario is TJ Hawkinson, who is not a bad player, but he definitely hasn't lived up to what people thought he would be as a fantasy producer for, through a few years. And he, is kind of dependent on like he, he hasn't gotten huge volume and he's been the only guy there. It's only going to get worse from here. They had Jameson Williams this offseason. DJ Chark is going to get a few targets, whatever. Amon um, Ross Saint Brown, year two. DeAndre Swift, year two or year three. Like, I, I that kind of feels like Mayor's Mayor's high end comp. Like, he's not Kelsey. I I know people kind of want to compliment Gronk a little bit,
1: but I don't think he's Gronk. No, one's no I think you're – so I was surprised to hear you say Hawkinson because I don't think Hawkinson – I think Hawkinson's a better athlete than Mayer is. I don't think Mayer quite that level of an athlete. I think Mayer is more in the Zach Ertz mold, okay. which is – I was pretty sure something I got from you, I thought. Could thought be. I heard you I say a lot one, I yeah. say a lot of stuff I could I could have said anything <laughs> uh yeah I, I see him in more of like the Zach Ertz mold than I do where than, than Hawkinson just you know very consistent steady hands reliable not a great athlete I think Mayer can probably break tackles better than Zach Ertz can so that'll help him out didn't Zach Ertz go <laughs> like six years without breaking a tackle <laughs> or something there's that one Twitter account that like <laughs> <laughs> yeah tracked it yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I just I have a hard time trust uh, taking somebody that early that's not an elite athlete.
0: Yeah, um, I, I do as well. And Bowers is tiny. I, I think he gets a two forty five, but but he's certainly not not um you know what we would consider adequate size right now. Even though the NFL is trending a little smaller there, um, and that's not even to speak of anything about Nick Singleton and Quentin Johnson. I think you covered both of those, you know adequately we'll call we'll oh, give you thank you yeah, adequately That's one of the um, nicest
1: compliments you've ever given me i know
0: i know um i don't understand why johnston goes so low like i know positional value says you know rb qb uh but qb so risky and debbie um that like God, johnston is the 17th overall player it's not a bad spot i i guess you look at the guys in front of him here so so johnston is at 17 and you look ahead of him, there's, there's Marvin Harrison Jr., second-year kid at Ohio State, We've got Singleton, Bowers, Jordan Addison, Braylon Allen at Wisconsin there, Zach Evans at Ole Miss, Xavier Worthy. Like, I don't know how many of these guys you bump him ahead of, but like 17 just feels so low for him. It does feel really low. Um, I would probably... In a pure <sighs> Debbie draft, I might actually consider taking him over Xavier Worthy.
1: Yeah, I was thinking him over Worthy. I would probably put him over Addison, but that's like splitting hairs. That's more just like the prototype of the player. like,
0: I'm trying to squeeze every ounce of upside out of this pick I possibly can. And Jordan Addison's like, yeah, he'll probably be on my team for 10 years. Um, Yeah. Like, he might not put up, you know, and because Quentin Johnson's kind of AJ Greenish, right? Yeah. Like, that's the closest player I can always think of when I think of him. I can't, I'm surprised you didn't say Julio with the Dreads good good on you quentin johnston wishes <laughs> the amount of players that i would compare to who like it's just so small and i know aj yeah. green was you know quote unquote because they' the better prospect coming out i get it. but it's a different profile so yes. um, um i agree with you okay um so we've decided that brock bowers above those two is foul um yes. Devi scenario number two here for you colin Chris Rodriguez running back at Kentucky who oh, there's some news. He got arrested um, and then didn't show up for his hearing, but there might've been some like health issue or something. I don't know. Um, so just uh, pay attention to that. Uh, Chris Rodriguez is currently going as the RB 31 in Debbie draft. So 84th overall, that is ahead of players like uh, Kendry Miller he's going two spots behind him and he's RB 32 Ty Simpson, the quarter freshman quarterback at Alabama, who's going pick 101, and Isaiah Nayor, who's going pick 162. And I was really hesitant to put him in here. And then I just flashed by his name. And I was like, that's really far away from from Chris Rodriguez. <laughs> but he sh- like I gotta throw this in here. Um, so is it fair or foul that Rodriguez, who um and here's another guide spoiler. We do not have Chris Rodriguez ranked highly in the guide. Um is that too high for Chris Rodriguez based on some of these other names?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that's way too high for Chris Rodriguez. Chris Rodriguez in C2C in CFF? Sure. Assuming the legal trouble gets resolved. That was what, like was that a DUI in speeding, I think? Yeah, it was along those lines. DUI, yeah, I don't know exactly. Yeah, it was something along those lines. So assuming that gets cleared up and, and he's on the field, yeah, he'll he'll produce this year. I think he'll produce really well um he'll produce in the sec you're gonna have people tout him as a sleeper he's benny snell like we don't want benny snell Uh, you know nobody really wanted benny snell we're not gonna want chris rodriguez in the nfl um so i would take all three of these guys over him and i'm not even that high on kendry miller i'm the low man on kendry miller Uh, i think he's going too high at rb 32 i don't really know exactly how that Backfield's going to shake out this year. They brought in Amani Bailey. They brought in Traylon Smith from Arkansas. I still think Kendry Miller leads that group, but I don't feel super confident in it. Um, but Ty Simpson, Isaiah Nayor, I would take both of them over both of the running backs. And Isaiah Nayor at 162 overall is just egregious. I mean, yeah, they brought in a GA Hall. I get that. I'm pretty much out on a GA Hall. I, Hall, Hall can't keep his mouth shut. He's already complaining
0: at Texas because the coaching staff was talking about how fast they are, and they didn't talk about him. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Yeah. If you weren't already out on this dude, thinking he's kind of a, a diva and a nutcase, like, good luck to you.
1: He's Julian yeah. Fleming, one year in advance, guys. Just so you all know. Like, but that. Julian Fleming at least isn't like an off the field like kind of a nutcase, you know.
0: They don't need to have comparable problems for me to label them, that they're basically going to be the same exact. Name.
1: What about, so, um, what about Damon Damas? That one a little better because old DeMond uh, maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I still feel like the domestic violence is worse than being a big poop. That, poop oh, yeah, absolutely. Cry absolutely. Baby,
1: but, um, absolutely. But either way, yeah, I, I, Isaiah Nayor, I think, has that. I feel pretty confident that he has the. Big body, go uh, outside role, locked up. Now, whatever happens with Worthy and Addison, I don't know. But I think Isaiah Nour is going to get his. I think he's he, he has some day two upside there, I think. Um So 162 overall is pretty egregious. And then a five-star QB going to Alabama with a vacancy next year at 101. Like, what are we doing there? And I don't even love Ty Simpson that much
0: um no like literally like Ty simpson could be amazing this isn't a comment on him at all but if you're taking him here it's literally only for value insulation and i generally don't like drafting like that i think that's kind of a really good way to end up with a really bad roster um chris and i are going to do some some podcasts about that this summer um where we basically just oh thanks for that oh, that's cool you can show up you can sit in the background you can't hop on and talk to us but if you want to watch oh. you can that's what you think. Was that, was that stream- even worse than not inviting you? Giving you I, that have, the,
1: I have access to the streamyard, so I can do what I want. I'll create my own.
0: Um, We don't. We can't have this argument in the, in the public light, Colin. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this later. Um That's like the only reason to take Ty Simpson early, in my opinion. Like, it's not necessarily a guarantee that he gets that job. Although I think there's a pretty decent chance he takes it over Jalen Milrow. Like, Jalen Milrow. Did you listen to the the not Bound this past week, Colin, with with uh, Mike on? I did not. I didn't get a chance to listen to any of the late week shows. Well, first off, he will be heartbroken to hear that. Second, I um, will listen. <laughs> yeah, I was sorry. behind on work today. I can listen to podcasts. But for anybody that didn't listen, basically, we were talking about like Brees Hall was drafted by the Jets. How much of a speed bump is Michael Carter? And then we started talking about it with this. So we basically started classifying them on like what size animals they would be, and you—if you'd notice—if you ran them over or not. <laughs> Michael Carter was a squirrel. Um, we we decided that Rashad Penny was a deer. For Kenneth Walker, like you was a dog. Do I think. he was. You didn't even listen. No, as you tweeted it out. No, we talked about how smart his dog is. This is like, oh my god, the last three minutes have just been bad. Um, you but tweeted we ta- it like, out. Yes, we talked about how smart his dog is. Okay. And then we talked about. Okay. Um, and now I've totally lost my train of thought. Ty Simpson. Jalen Milrow is, is bigger than a squirrel speed bump. He might not be a deer, but you'll you'll you know. But don't. What was that? Like you'll you will <laughs> notice that you squished it. So um, and then like I don't I don't think this happens, but they are not out of the running for Archman officially out of the running i i think it's texas or georgia i i 90 in my heart think it's texas but if arch manning goes there like i do not think he's safe to win that job
1: no absolutely not if arch manning goes there i think arch manning starts day one which i that's why i don't understand why arch manning isn't considering alabama more heavily than georgia
0: arch manning is not ready to start day one and people do not want to hear that's a good point that's a whole different discussion for a whole different day um and he's not a bad player and he's not relying on his name but he is not ready to start day one he has some issues um so yeah chris rodriguez going that far ahead of some of these guys is pretty bad i will say the one thing about nayor we haven't seen him do it at a p5 yet so i think that's you know caution is fair and he is kind of clunky like he is not an amazing athlete by any stretch although he's obviously bigger and this is kind of why i don't like bigger wide receivers generally he just doesn't move like as well as i would want him to but he's not like you know he's not I'm trying to think of somebody to compare him to. He's not a, you know stiff as a board or anything, but I I don't love that.
1: I think his moving skills are fine. They're not great, but I think they're fine. They're they're definitely passable. I don't think it's anything that's gonna hold him back from some late day two draft capital if he has a huge year at Texas here.
0: I was really hoping that you would say they're not bad for his size. Cause anytime somebody that has to say like it's not bad for his size, that's when you know you're just like you're not gonna get me. No, nope. <laughs> not falling for that one. You said um, that you said that before. <laughs> I'm glad to see that in here that you were learning, Colin. That, that, that you, should scare everybody. You know my triggers. You're like the robot from the from the Incredibles.
1: Mm-hmm. He's um,
0: learning. Yes. <laughs> um, last one here, Colin. And we, we, so we, we universally decided that Chris Rodriguez was foul. Um, yes. Last one here. This one was really weird to me. I don't understand this. So Caden Prather, the second-year wide receiver at WVU, goes only three spots behind Bo Collins. And this fair foul is a little different. Because now it's like, is Caden Prather way too high in the ADP, or is Bo Collins way too low? I think I know the answer to this. But this one just really shocked me when I was pulling the data today.
1: Porcalo Nostos.
0: Why not both? Wow. This is now a bilingual podcast for anybody listening. To.
1: Sorry. I just always think of the uh, hard shell, soft shell taco commercial and the little girl. Okay. Let's do Why not both? And then they all cheer. I was hoping you would cheer there, but you didn't. But I've yeah, never no, seen it's... that commercial. Oh, really? Taco Bell? No, it's um uh, old El Paso.
0: Uh, I say they've come
1: a long way from the Chihuahua to a little girl. Oh, right. um, but old El Paso. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's either that or, or one of the other taco brands, like taco kit brands. Anyway, it's both, uh, Bo Collins at 45 is too low. Uh, I think he's going to be the wide receiver one there at at Clemson this year. Uh, which I just, I think that still carries weight in, in the NFL's eyes, to be honest with you. Um, even though it's been a little while since we've had a. Mike Williams or somebody along those lines, like Sammy Watkins, um, but I still think that carries some weight, and I think he is—he has the skill set. I think to to be not out of the round one conversation. I don't think it happens, but I wouldn't be totally flabbergasted if it did. I think day two is a lot safer, but I feel pretty good about a day two projection from him. So 45 feels pretty low for that. Mm -hmm. Now Caden Prather at 48. um, I'm way more interested in Caden Prather in C2C where I can get some college production than I am in Debbie. I think Caden Prather in Graham Harrell's offense. uh, I think that he he can put up some really nice numbers there. And as far as Debbie goes, I don't know yet. Um, I'm not going to say I'm out on him for Debbie purposes, but 48 is too high. So I
0: 100% blame two people for Caden Prather's ranking here. I blame Chris Moxley because Prather hit a couple of the year one zero thresholds last year. And basically how it goes is if you don't break out as your freshman year, but you hit at least one of these thresholds, you're not considered year one zero, your likelihood of breaking out year two and making it to the NFL increases greatly. And if you hit a bunch of them, it increases it even more. Um, And Prather hit a bunch of them so he's been like on like this trendy list along with um like malik neighbors um xavier worthy's also on it. brashad smith like a couple of these guys that like probably will never end up being anything or getting drafted way too early because they were on this list so chris moxley you're to blame number one hope you're having fun in europe you jerk number two is mike valerie um because he's been all over Prey through like he is way too high on the west virginia offense like grant graham harrell ran usc's offense into the ground because he's not flexible at all he will put up some points for a short amount of time but they will not produce a run game they will be inefficient they will stall out drives because they put themselves in third and longs and generally probably upset west virginia fans but they're sure happy that they got a coach for usc for a season or two so good luck to them we play them this year <laughs> so great uh, as a pit fan i'm very excited for that um so that that's the reason why Prather and some of these guys are going so high. They don't deserve to go anywhere near this. I would take I wouldn't uh, Spoiler 3. Uh we do not have Prather ranked that high even though we argued about it with Mike on the call. Like he's just not special. He's fine. I don't I, yeah. I, I don't really know what's going on. He might even be the
1: board, their wide receiver one this year. He might, he might not be. Um so He might, he might not. Yeah, with um ford wheaton bryce ford wheaton i think is his name is he the I, slot one I thing I, I would have said the name if i remembered it i do not remember it <laughs> so bryce ford wheaton guess. sticks sticks in the old trap up here your, for some your reason your guess is as
0: good as mine oh but it's worth i've also heard that true freshman gerald williams has also gotten a decent amount of height. he's probably not going to overtake him year one but just throwing that out there so yeah i mean i and just to, and I talked about Ekbuka like probably being one of the best values in, in, in C2C right now. Uh, I know Bo Collins, this was a Debbie question, uh, but he's going in a similar range for C2C. And I also think that's a steal for him. I don't understand yes. why he's going so low. You can get him, like, you could literally, like, take, you can go Bijan at one. And then on the way back, depending on your draft, you can go Quentin Johnston, Ekbuka, like M- 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 and then on the way back, get Bo Collins. And at that point, I'm just laughing at all my league mates. You can <laughs> definitely do that based on how I've seen boards fall and our ADP. Yeah.
1: I've, I've taken Bo Collins in a lot of our our mock drafts, like fourth round. Yeah. You can absolutely do that. Fifth round even sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, I mean,
0: the 48th pick or 45th pick. Well, yeah, that's that's, like that's end of the Yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah. He, he goes at same range. Like I, mm-hmm. I know he does. I, I check all the yeah. time. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's it for fair file this week. We'll probably bring this back at some point. Um, Freshman profiles, we each have one. We'll get out of here.
1: Yeah. Uh, Another guy that I I can't believe we didn't do, but we've talked about so many different freshmen in so many different places. It's it's hard to keep track who we talk about on this show for the profile. Um, So somebody that was not on our profile list uh, is five-star quarterback Connor Wigman. Not Wigman, Wigman. Um, going to, like yeah. yes, going to Texas A&M He's the number two QB in this class. Um, he was also a top baseball recruit in the state of Texas. He had some draft buzz, uh, for the MLB draft until he announced that he was going to forego the draft to go to Texas A&M. Uh, they are expecting him to play both football and baseball at this point in time. Um, but Wagman, is arm pretty much exactly what you would expect from a high level baseball recruit. Uh, he's got good arm strength. He can put the zip on the ball outside the hashes. He can throw it deep. He's got a uh, good touch over the intermediate, intermediate section of the field. Um, I, I like his arm talent a lot. Now he does have a little bit of a wonky release. A little, you can see a little bit of the baseball release in there. Um, it's not anything overly concerning for me as far as releases go. I'm generally on the, on, on the side of the quarterback coach that he has is going to know way more about that than I do. So, as long as it's not an, a long, winding release that's going to take a long time to get the ball out, I'm not overly concerned about it. But I would like to see him tighten that up a little bit. Uh, but he does, his release is pretty quick uh, comparatively. So, I'm not overly worried about that. Um, he's got good ball placement. You know his wide receivers. You don't have to have to see them having to make adjustments to the ball. He usually hits them in stride. Um, he was a dual threat guy in high school. He had over 500 yards rushing for three straight years. Um, over 700 yards twice. So he can pick up big chunks of yards with his legs. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily going to be a true dual threat, but he's definitely somebody that the defense is going to have to account for. Uh, he does a good job keeping his eyes downfield, too. When he's scrambling, he can create outside of the structure. Um, I think that's probably where he's better currently than inside of structure. But he's not bad inside of structure. He's not J.J. McCarthy. Um, but Weigman does tend to scramble if his first read isn't open. He doesn't always leave the field and go down. He does keep his eyes downfield. But he will break contain. Um, so he does not have great pocket awareness right now. Um, you know, he will he will get outside the pocket very quickly. Uh, He's going to uh, Texas A&M. They have two quarterbacks in that room with starting experience in the SEC. Uh, Haynes King won the job last year before he got hurt. He's presumably going to start at this point, although it's still kind of up in the air. Uh, And then they brought in Max Johnson, former starting QB at LSU. He's still expected to compete for this job. Both of those guys can stay for two plus years if they want. Um, So, Weigman does not have a very clear path to playing time here. Like his tools. He has everything you want to see in a modern NFL quarterback that you could be a high draft pick, but he's got to get on the field first. And I don't know if he will. I also don't really know if I trust Jimbo to develop him that much in that offense. So talent perspective. I like Weigman do not love that situation at all. He's a tough eval. Um,
0: I have him um, last guy in tier two for me this year, which is a guy that I think can be an NFL pick, but I don't feel like amazing about them being a top guy. Um, And a lot of the issues are what you highlighted. Like I don't really have anything new to add to that conversation. Um, I The one thing that I will say about him is that like, I know that he can move around and stuff and, and, but then like, I think I probably watched him and Ty Simpson like back to back because they're ranked pretty yeah. similarly. And if you want to talk about creativity at the quarterback position, I think those are two guys to kind of watch back to back and they're both scramblers, but Ty Simpson is just so much more creative. Like to me, Connor Wegman almost feels like a robot at times. Like he's just very like you can tell he's had a lot of coaching, he's very technical. And then you like watch these kids and you're like, well they've already had all this coaching and they get to this point and they're this Like how much room for growth do they actually have? Like, I would rather go after a guy like drew Aller. I know this is like totally changing the conversation, but I'd rather go after a guy like drew Aller, who I feel like hasn't had as much coaching and is raw or, and kind of just feels the position as opposed to this kid who knows, like, you know, as he's taking his, his five step drop, it's, you know, did I check the defense Did I shift my, my, my line correctly? Like, like, you know, Boom, boom! Like it's it, it very robotic. It worked for Peyton Manning, and then like I can't think of that many of the guys that's really worked for that have just kind of been like robots. And Peyton or uh, Tom Brady, like it's it's a tough skill set to master, and it, it 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 takes a while to get there. Peyton was really bad his first couple of years. Tom Brady got carried to a couple of Super Bowls. So I know I'm talking about Wegman and then Brady and Manning, but it's like I just, like that that type of like I'd rather take a chance on a Simpson who. Who just feels like he has a better feel for the quarterback position as opposed to Connor Wakeman, who just feels like everything is like a practice rep to him. I don't know. That was I my big complaint that. that I wrote about him on my, my scouting report I did. So um, but whatever, who knows? Um these quarterbacks make me look like idiots every year. Um They make everybody look like idiots. Jordan Hudson's my what?
1: They make everybody look what like say? idiots. Oh, I thought you. I thought you said everybody makes you look like. Oh no no no! It was not an insult. I was defending you.
0: It's rude, but fair. Um, I I checked Jordan Hudson tonight. Wide receiver, uh, a true freshman going to to uh, SMU. Uh, was originally a TCU lean, and then uh, switched over with the change in coach staff. Uh, followed, uh, what's his name over there? It doesn't matter. Um, six one one eighty is what he's listed at. I don't know exactly if SMU is bumped him up here or not. That's the recorded. Uh, size I have for him. Um, I'm just going to note, and I think I've noted this once or twice in other shows before that he was my least favorite player to watch in the entire class because he didn't put any indicators on his tape as to where he is. And uh, not some mm-hmm. jumbo guy or like doesn't wear an arm sleeve or like he's just very nondescript looking. Um, so very annoying to pick him out. Um, so first off, um, fuck you, Jordan Hudson. Um <laughs> Notes about his actual game. He he's pretty explosive off the line. Uh in terms of like the bigger slot guys in this class, like him, um, Denylon Morissette, I think, uh, uh belongs in a similar range there. Um those are probably the, the, the big two big slots that I remember watching. He he's definitely a little more explosive uh than than Morissette is. Um big catch radius. I think he's he's you know kind of arrogant hands, he'll attack the ball in the air. I, I do like his aggression on that side of things. And he's very physical. He's kind of Anquan Molden ish. Like, but like, obviously like that would be the, the high end comp. I think those guys are really tough to uh, predict or project because they like, will he develop as a route runner further? I don't know. Will his physicality translate? Like he's not enormous. He needs to get a decent amount bigger. In my opinion, if you're going to play like that long speed is average. I, I I don't think he's a big play guy. He's probably going to be a possession uh, type receiver. Um, so I, I actually I, – like, I, I've, I've consistently kind of dumped dro- dropped him down a little bit throughout this process. I think he started out as, like, my wide receiver 9 or 10. He was at the very bottom of Tier 2. Uh, at this point, he's down in my Tier 3, the very middle, and, and he's below um, Shaz Preston, Caden Saunders, Andre Green Jr., Chris Marshall, Denyla Morissette, and then him. Um, like, I, 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 I think the year one, I actually, like, don't know – like, I don't think he'll be a zero, but um, TCU is kind of, like, sneaky – Deep at wide receiver. Like they're not like NFL guys or like guys that I really want for fantasy, but there's bodies there that he has to get through. I'm not sure that he necessarily does it year one effectively. Um, and I just like I think the skill set's replaceable. Like he's not special. I think he's a big slot. I don't think he's a boundary guy. So what do we do with that? I, I don't know. I don't think he's a bad player. Again, he's my wide receiver 17, but after watching him a couple of times, like the shine. Well, I had to watch him a couple of times each time because I can't <laughs> find him. Um, I just I, like I, I just don't see like a special trait to hang a hat on there personally. Um, and so that hence why he's with the, the more sets, the the Wesley Grimes, the Tobias Merryweathers of the world, because they just don't have, in my opinion, an elite skill to hang their hat on. So I'm interested to see what he does down there. It's going to be a more wide open offense. Um but I'm not as confident in his projection as, as I would like to be. And I think that I am probably gonna not draft any of him just because again, like like I have my spot ahead of Isaiah Satanya, but in reality, like if I had to choose between the two, I'll take Sategna because he's got elite speed. And like I'll I'd rather kind of rely on, on on a guy that has an elite trait now to figure something else out later. He just doesn't have that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much all of that. Um, I think with, with Hudson I'm a lot more interested in him for C2C CFF production, just given the, the Sunny Dykes offense there. Um, so, you know, and, and he was a monster producer at Texas um, in Texas high school. So, you know, that bodes well for, like I said, potential production at the next level there. But like you said, I don't see anything special with him. I, quite, I do also question whether he can play on the outside, Quentin Johnston's going to be gone after this year, but they still have some other guys there. I like DJ Allen a lot. I like DJ Allen more than Jordan Hudson. So I don't really have much of much of Hudson either.
0: Yeah, um just just kind of a weird range that he goes in. Um cuz so like if like I like I said, you know, in that, that 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 tier I'll take Isaiah Sategna or nylon Moore or Saturday even Chris Marshall over him. And he actually usually kind of goes in like the 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 Evans, well, Evans like the CJ Williams, Isaiah Bond tier. and I, I like both those guys a little more too. So yeah, it's definitely a, a tough year there for him. But that's not to say like he can't be great. Like I could just be completely off on him. I mean, David Bell, I'm not comping him to David Bell per se, but like has like no elite skill, and he fucking crushed college football for three years. So not to say he can't do it. I just think the the runway is so much smaller for those guys. It's just not a bet that I feel comfortable making. So um, especially at, at like David Bell was probably free a few years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for tonight's show, guys. Um. Check out all the shows over that we have over on the Campus of Canton Podcast feed. Uh, we just released an interview that I did uh, along with Luke Barbasco. We talked to uh, Oregon State True Freshman running back Damian Martinez. Super nice kid. He just loves football. Like. He was like, I he early enrolled. He's like, I just didn't want to be in high school anymore. I was like, you didn't miss prom? He's like, nah, I love football. I was like, that is freaking amazing answer, man. Like, all he <laughs> wants to do is is play football. So, so a really good interview. Uh, we talk a lot about like how's early enrollee stuff work? How does NI have you heard anything about NIL at your school? Um, playing high school football in Texas, like all these different things. So go ahead, check that out. Chasing the Natty came out today. Debbie um, Debate Wednesdays, Hero RB Show with Noah Hills Thursday, Canton Bound Future Freshman Podcast on Fridays. I think we have a couple more player interviews coming out. I know I sat down with a certain Georgia State quarterback yesterday and had a conversation with him, so that'll probably be out here this week. I believe Alfred has an interview this week with one of the kids that was at Elite Eleven that he liked. Um, so lots of stuff going on over there. Just don't don't forget to go over there and check all of them out. Um, articles popping up on, on, on the, the website every day, campuscant.com. again, Debbie guide, go pre-order at June 1st comes out. Uh, I, I don't think you will be disappointed in that. Um, until next time though, guys, I am Austin. And this is Colin and have a good one.